right. Hey. Hi. How's it going? You know, it's going. It's going. <laughs> it's welcome uh, back, guys. <laughs> welcome back. So this week is a true crime week. Yay. And Amani's going to tell me a true crime story. I'm very excited. I love true crime. I'm very nervous. <laughs> it's a lot of stress. It is a lot of stress. I'm just going to just do a little, you know, I just need to say something. Disclaimer. <laughs> disclaimer. Not even a disclaimer. People who do this for a career, so people who have made their podcasts fully about true crime, I take my hat off to you. Mm-hmm. This was so stressful. <laughs> it's like you you do all the research, and I feel like when you hear the stories and you're kind of just listening to them as a, a listener or someone viewing a YouTube video or whatever, you take in the story and it's horrible and of course we enjoy it because it's we don't enjoy it but it's just something that we do to soothe anxiety etc you know you know it's just interesting it is but when you research it and have to like dig deep into these stories it's more it's a lot yeah i mean because one you want to get all the information correct you don't want to fuck things up and two it's heavy some some true crime like you realize you're researching it i can't do this one it's too dark and i'm not i'm not there yet (laughs) almost happened with this story i had heard it i think like four years ago and i remember thinking what a crazy story it was back then but i kind of forgot about it and then backstory anya jesenia our other friend and i we're having a conversation about like nostalgia and talking about growing up as young girls. And this story came to my mind and I said, okay, I'm going to do that story this week. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. I, you know, so funny is that when you were, when you said uh, Anya, Yesenia and I, I immediately thought about the conversation that we had when we were driving back from Salem and oh no yeah and we were talking about chris watts which i don't think that we should do on this channel but i can't even think about I, that i can't but and i was like oh my god is that what she's gonna do that's really <laughs> no not that this story is like bright and happy but <laughs> that story is another level that one's just it's i think it's too soon <laughs> i shouldn't say another level they're both horrible but uh, there's just yeah I don't know. There's no but. They're just different. Just different. (laughs) Let's back it up a little bit. I just wanted to disclaimer that that was a lot for me this week. (laughs) Understandable. Uh, But as you know, it was my first time doing it. And I'm sure, Anya, when you did your story, you felt the same way. It was just, you know, a lot. But I I watched like two YouTube videos about it. I listened to one podcast about it, took a bunch of notes, and it's a lot. (laughs) You really don't realize, anyway, a lot. Not that I didn't enjoy, I can't even say the word enjoy. It's just so odd because we're so used to doing cheerful movie content. Oh, yeah, super cheerful. Well, not cheerful, but the people aren't real. Yes, true. They're not real human beings who lost their lives. They're just characters who get to move on. So it's a lot different yes but i still want to challenge myself and cover it because i know this is a topic that a lot of people enjoy listening to do you enjoy listening to it i love true crime podcasts okay and cool. videos and youtube videos and okay 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 good <laughs> so let's backtrack a little bit let's <laughs> 
talk about your week. Okay. Last girl standing moment this week. Um, my last girl standing moment this week. Uh, both of my moments happened upstate. We, uh, my parents live upstate for those who don't know, and they have a bunch of really cool things around them, including these mines called the Widow Jane mines. Um, and they're no longer like really well. Widow Jane is a whiskey, uh, whiskey or gin. I think it's a gin company. Or whiskey. I don't, it's a liquor company. <laughs> and they use the water in the mines to, or something along the line, they use something in these mines to make this drink, this liquor. Uh, I've been there before. We've walked through some of the mine, like the open part, because it's very interesting and really creepy. Uh, we went there this weekend and we were going to travel through the, walk through the entrance of the mines. And there was, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but I'm going to laugh. A apocalyptic death like death punk uh the guy used like eight different genres of music techno opera band performing inside of this widow chain um uh mines and they've kind of turned this whole area around these mines into kind of like an artist i guess an artist just installations so they'd have different pieces throughout the woods and this was just a thing that was happening uh when we got there this is a really long story i don't know why i'm going so into it (laughs) sorry Sorry, guys but i just want to kind of like set the mood so we didn't know that this was happening when we got there usually nothing is happening in there but apparently it was so we turned back around and there were just a bunch of very strange people i mean artist people some of them are not straight no knocking against people there but you know (laughs) if you're if you're attending a a post-apocalyptic techno opera inside a mine that sounds kind of cool it is it is it's it was interesting that is for sure but it does generate a certain type of people which you know what i am sort of kind of those type of people i was kind of interested in going in but it was 25 dollars a ticket so (laughs) now honestly that sounds like a great time it it was it looked really interesting. It looked very interesting, and I think I just had to be in the mi- right mindset to attend something like that. And it Maybe was with the-, the right people. And your dad, daughters, and husband <laughs> probably isn't the right crowd to go. I feel like my dad might have been the right person to go with, <laughs> but I think everyone else and my my brother in law and my sister in law were there. Um, they actually might have been into it too, but <laughs> me, yeah, not with Margot and Vera. But anyway, so we decided to walk through the woods instead because they have trails and stuff and we were walking through this path it started to get like a little bit more windy and creepy and after a certain point i was just yeah we're just gonna turn around because it feels weird and i remember as we were walking back i looked back and i could have sworn i saw someone and i was like yeah see bad vibes and i just knew it was one of those moments where you get like that feeling and yeah, I felt I get her. that feeling a lot. I feel you. Yeah, and I kind of sworn I saw someone behind me, and I, I don't think anyone else noticed. And it could have just been a, an art piece that was freaking me out. But yeah, no. So I felt very like my spidey senses are kicking in. Right <laughs> Good. I'm glad you listened to your uh, spidey senses, as you call them. <laughs> what about your last girl standing moment of the week? So my last girl standing moment of the week is getting more in touch with my spirituality again. Mm. Um, I have been kind of lacking on all of it. So (laughs) I really am excited to dive back in and, you know, get back into things that make me happy because happiness is important. Exactly. And what about your horror of the week? 
my horror of the week is literally just being on the highway. I'm very scared of being on the highway for an extended amount of time because I don't trust people. I don't trust how people drive. I don't trust how people, you know, are. I just think that everyone is a terrible driver. I mean, including myself, I'm not an amazing driver, but I just constantly see people not paying attention when they're driving, swerving in and out. Like I've seen so many drunk drivers and so many just people not paying attention texting. So it just gives me anxiety in general. Um, and we were driving part of your city kid Uh, yeah i I think so (laughs) (laughs) i just i don't like being on the road and i really don't like it's i guess now that i know how to drive i also don't like being a passenger because i feel like i have zero control of the situation whereas before i had zero control but i knew that i had zero control and i wouldn't be able to drive so i was okay (laughs) with having zero control i kind of get it it's the same thing with flying. Like, I don't like flying because I have zero control of the situation, even though I couldn't fly a pain. <laughs> but it's I feel just... the same way. I think I get more anxiety flying, even though I know you're more likely to die in a car accident. Exactly. Like, <laughs> but it's one of those things you're plummeting 40,000 feet in the air and there's nothing, literally nothing you can do. And that's what scares me about like driving when you're surrounded by people that you have zero control over and they could very well be a, a drunk. They could be texting. They could be yelling at their kids in the back. They could just not be paying attention. But on the way home from upstate, and there was someone driving in front of us and they had a trailer attached to the back of their car. And that trailer <laughs> was jumping and it was swerving and it was definitely not it just the guy was driving too fast to have something that heavy on the back of his car and there was a certain point where i was like kevin you need to speed up and get past this car because that thing is going to go flying and it's going to hit us directly and destinations and that's it like i swear every time you drive and you're behind someone that has something like a bunch of (laughs) or just anything like you think of final destination and that reminded me of final destination that entire time until we got past that car and then I relaxed like a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. <laughs> you are a very nervous passenger. I am. And I hate it because I like cringe every time someone like hits their brakes or um, like I just I I get very nervous in cars. I don't know why. It makes sense. You're kind of, like you said, out of control. But also, <laughs> I have noticed that you are a nervous <laughs> passenger. We were driving the other day and Anya's like every person she's like, oh. I was like, what? I used to, it's so funny. I just really, I feel like this happened within the past few years. I used to not, and I've been driving since like four, four or five years now. Um, I was 28. I don't even know anymore. But I feel like it really just happened in the past like two years, I'd say, where I got very anxious in driving. And I don't know why. I don't really know. Because you were like locked inside for a year and then you had to be reintroduced to it kind of yeah and i think i and then once you started driving again and it was completely empty no one was driving so you got used to the roads being empty and then all of a sudden it was slammed and then for some reason everyone forgot how to drive and everyone just drives as if they are on crack all the time i just i can't no i agree long island drivers are horrible they're so scary because no one gives a fuck and everyone 
is looking at their phone and not paying attention. And how many accidents do we hear about lately? It just, I, I could go on and on about this. Like, people freak me out. Anyways, so that was my like final destination moment, my horror of the final week. Final destination moment. <laughs> <laughs> what are <about> you? <laughs> um, My horror of the week. Oh, God. There's one I don't feel like talking about, which Anya knows what it is. I had a feeling that was going to be a possibility. <laughs> I'm yeah. not going to talk about that because it's just, it's even more than a horror to me. It's just annoying and horrible. <laughs> so my horror of the week this week is going to be, I guess, having to be a functioning human being. <laughs> I mean, that is horrible. Is that like every year? I think, I mean, every week, I feel like. <laughs> Every week I say the same thing. I think that's usually my horror of the week. <laughs> it's true though. Being alive. Exhausting to have to like be an adult. No, and I hate I agree. to sound like a millennial and be like, oh, adulting is so hard. But it is. It sucks. It's so, really, really hard. And I feel like our generation versus boomers or uh even Gen X in some ways, like we have a lot of a lot more social stress than sure. they did and or they do and it really affects every single day and it affects yeah so it's yeah it's hard I, to find the balance between working and seeing your friends and dating if that was something i was going to be doing i <laughs> will not be doing that anytime soon um making time for your hobbies watching a, a movie it's hard because you're just exhausted from working all day I am very anti-capitalist when it comes to working, but not when it comes to shopping. <laughs> <laughs> so I just have a constant struggle. I feel like you were destined to have a rich partner in your life. And... Oh, God. From your mouth to God's ears. And I don't even <laughs> believe in that man. <laughs> I feel the same exact way. <laughs> Maybe wow. it's a generational thing again, but it just, I feel like we constantly work i mean i don't work but i'm a mother but if i could work i would work and well i mean not that mothers don't work but i'm a stay-at-home mom at the moment um and well, that's plenty of work it, yes it's just a different type of job but it's like you work and work and work and work and work and then you're stressed from work and you come home and your home life is stressful because you're stressed at work and it's never ending cycle of being stressed the fuck out like when do you I, get to relax you never get I to relax agree. and i watched this tiktok the other day and i'm gonna stop talking about this because my story is slightly long okay okay i watched this tiktok the other day of this man who lives abroad he lives in europe and he works three hours a day and the rest of his day is spent enjoying his life. And that's normal. In other countries, it that's is. Normal. It is. It's really sad. We like they really take think that we're the best. No, yeah. Anyway, this is not anti America, anti capitalism. Um, uh, for this podcast, for this episode, <laughs> maybe in another like, episode. Yeah, I'm very <laughs> I'm pro against those things. But, you know, just not, maybe not for today. Not today. Okay. So let's get started um, on your true crime. Yeah. Okay. So like we were saying earlier, Anya, our other friend, and I were having a conversation about Mean Girls and growing up in the early 2000s and dealing with friendships, right? Mm -hmm. That was a really interesting conversation we were having. So that conversation actually sparked me to remember the story or the murder of Skylar Niece. Have you ever heard of this? It sounds very familiar, 
you may realize it or recognize it when I start telling it, but it's very, very sad. Oh, okay, okay. I feel like it sounds very familiar, but I can't like quite, I don't know, like grasp what it is. Well, you're about to grasp it again. <laughs> Let me grasp that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's on the tip of my tongue and I think I know who it is, but I may not. Okay, so let's hear it. I'm excited. All right. So this is set in 2012. Let's bring it on back. Oh, wow. We're simpler. Well, not for the person in this story, but, <laughs> you know, things were a little different. That was over. No, that was 10 years ago. Wow. Wow. I can't even think about that. Wow. Anyways. So in 2012, Skylar Niece was a 16-year-old girl who lived in Morgantown, West Virginia. She was a sophomore in high school. She had a part-time job. She did really well in school, and she was just an all-over, you know, good kid. Okay. So understand the story. You kind of have to go back a little bit. Um, so Skylar was our our main person in the story. She met her best friend named Sheila Eady at eight years old. They became pretty much inseparable and they became best friends instantly at eight. Um, Sheila was always over Skylar's house. She was always, you know, part of the family. And her dad, even in an interview, said that she was like his second daughter. So keep that in mind. Okay. (laughs) In high school, Sheila and Skylar actually met a friend. So a third person to this friendship. Her name was Rachel Schof. Oh, my God. Wait, do I think I know about this? Okay, continue. (laughs) The realization. So they met Rachel in high school and they all became inseparable after that. They became a three-person friendship. So if you've ever been, let's just, if you've ever been a three-person friendship, you know how that goes. Mm. One person is always left out no matter what. It's just, I would personally say one of the most toxic, like, numbers a group of friends could be in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because one person's always the odd one out which is really awful i've definitely Mm -hmm. been in friendships like that me too so skylar started to feel a little bit left out of the friendship like we were saying that tends to happen i'm sure the two girls became closer and she kind of was the odd man out so they really felt like or she really felt like they were excluding her which is obviously really sad because she felt like her two friends were kind of moving past their friendship with her and just wanting to be friends with each other Mm. So, obviously, in 2012, Twitter was huge at that point. So, you know, Sheila aired out a lot of her frustrations that she had with her friends um, on Twitter. So, were you on Twitter, like, back then? See, not really. Like, Twitter was something that I just could not... I've never been into it. I can't... I just can't do it. I was in it... I I was in it a little bit. You know, I had my moments, but really not so much. Well, in 2012, Twitter was one of the big contenders when it came to social media obviously right now tiktok is number one but i would consider twitter to be as big as instagram was back then yes because i do agree with that what celebrities were talking about you were able to just pretty much post whatever you wanted so skylar was tweeting back in 2012 about you know her frustrations with her friendship um her twitter account is still up which is really scary and it's really sad as well why is it um, still up that's kind even of sad though i haven't really said what happened to her but i'm sure you guys can guess this is not going to be a happy happily ever after story mm. so she now has twenty three thousand followers by the way that's so weird it is weird i feel like i understand if you were touched by the story and you're 
you know, are interested and you wanted to see what she was talking about back then. But why are you following her? Either way, so she was airing out a lot of her frustrations about her friends. And I have a few of the tweets that she had tweeted out the day before her disappearance. Mm -hmm. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Her disappearance. (laughs) One of her tweets was, you're doing, you doing things like that is why I never will completely trust you. Stress will be the death of me. Sick Uh of being at home. Thanks, quote unquote, friends. Love hanging out with you all too. Oh. And she said, it doesn't really take much to piss me off. Whoa. So her last tweet was actually a retweet of a friend that has since been deleted. And the tweet said, all I do is hope. Oh, my God. It makes me want to cry. Oh. So that's just kind of a preface of what we're dealing with here. On July 6, 2012, Skylar's dad went into her room to check on her and realized that she had snuck out of the house. The window was left open. Um, so that really made it seem like Skylar thought that she was going to be coming home and he realized quickly that he had to call the police and you know get them involved which I can't imagine I, I'm not a parent but that's probably a sight that you oh my god waking up realizing that your child's not in their own bed no that, that's like my worst nightmare anytime my child sleeps through the night I always get scared <laughs> it, it is it's scary I was scared like I said I didn't even have any kids So when she did not show up for work, which was the first time that she's ever not shown up for work at her part-time job, she worked at Wendy's, they really were starting to worry and the investigation began at that point. After hearing about Skylar being missing, Sheila, uh, the one that she actually became friends with when she was younger, around eight years old, she was considered Skylar's best friend. She called Skylar's parents to tell them that Skylar had snuck out of the house to hang out with her and their other best friend, Rachel, who I mentioned earlier. They convinced her to sneak out so she, they could drive around and smoke together. And Sheila claimed that the two friends dropped uh, Skylar off at the end of the block so they wouldn't wake up uh, Skylar's family. Mm-hmm. Which is already odd. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Sheila was alongside the family while they were looking for her. And while she was considered still a missing person, she was handing out flyers and help, helping with the search of Skylar. Keep that in mind. The apartment complex where the Skylar's family lived had cameras. So that adds to the point where, you know, Sheila said, we dropped her off at the end of the block. Basically, she was kind of covering herself by saying that because she knew that there was cameras in the apartment complex, which is just crazy to think about because they're like, what's 15? They're 15. And also think about the fact that this is in 2012 before ring cameras were a thing. So they really had to think out the fact that there are cameras in this apartment complex. So premeditation. Exactly. (laughs) So on July 9th, Skylar's disappearance went public. The main theory by investigators was was that Skylar went to a house party with the girls, overdosed, and her two friends, Sheila and Rachel, were too afraid to tell police that they may have seen her overdosed and, you know, hid the body. So that was the main thought that many of the um, people had that because they were the last people seen with Skylar. Mm. Skylar was actually caught on camera uh, that night at 12.35 a.m. She was getting into Sheila's car. Because of this theory, uh, the investigators interviewed the girls. The main investigators of the case said that Sheila, when they were investigating her, was basically emotionless. She was really cold and indifferent about the whole entire situation. Which oh. Obviously, it's very odd if that's your best friend. Red flag, red flag. (laughs) Exactly. And, you know, someone's interviewing you, you're not crying, you're not 
upset you're just especially like a teenage girl being interviewed i feel like you know teenage girls are very emotional like i was i was an incredibly emotional teenage girl so if i was being interviewed by the cops and my best friend was dead i'd probably be having a mental breakdown exactly and at this point they didn't know that rachel or sorry they didn't know that skylar was dead but she was missing so that's even enough for you to still be upset Mm. they also interviewed rachel which she had the complete opposite type of demeanor as sheila she was really nervous she was like kind of jittery and all over the place and you know that was very obvious that something was going Uh. on with rachel they had nearly identical identical stories which is obviously another sign yeah (laughs) they are very rehearsed and we all know if you're into true crime when you have a story that's way too rehearsed and way too similar that means that you you've been practicing yeah oh god and you wouldn't practice something if you didn't if you weren't guilty which i don't know i feel like if i was for god forbid in some kind of situation where i had to be questioned by police i feel like i would be like well what did i do and i would like practice to remember what i did yeah you want to make sure that your answers are consistent but But i guess it wouldn't be the same exact story as someone else had it's probably and the probably the way that they worded things too exactly that's true so the families were involved classmates of theirs strangers on the street it was a small town and as well as skylar's family started to try to pressure the girls to tell the truth everyone knew that they had to know something because they were the last people to see skylar so you know i I was 16 (laughs) and people were coming up to me saying where's your friend and is your friend missing it would obviously cause you to have a little bit of you know mental problems yeah (laughs) which actually ended up happening so in december of 2016 six months after skylar's disappearance rachel came back from catholic church camp which might i add probably didn't add to her mental health (laughs) i was gonna say (laughs) probably probably like feeling guilty beyond measure kind of the opposite of what you need well i mean (laughs) kind of the opposite but of what it could help you exactly so yeah she's feeling super guilty she came back and she had a nervous breakdown committed to a psych hospital for about a week and was released in january of 2013 interesting rachel you know after having her mental break she kind of decides that she's gonna own up to what happened and we get the real story of what happens to skylar this part is very sad from here on we're going to be talking about the true story which is really what kind of latched me onto this entire uh case for sure so do you remember this part i'm still trying to i think i know this the story but i also am wait maybe i'm thinking of a different case but so you just you just go ahead i would just say trigger warning no matter what (laughs) trigger warning for sure okay so rachel tells police and her attorney that sheila and her killed skylar more specifically they stabbed her to death police were actually shocked by this they didn't think that they were going to get a murder confession out of her like i said earlier they thought that the two girls had gone to a party and maybe skylar had overdosed on drugs or was drinking too much and something happened of course i'm sure did not expect to hear that skylar's two best friends who are teenagers stabbed her to death so (laughs) while she was working with police rachel tried to actually incriminate sheila as well because sheila was acting like 
this was a complete lie she actually had tweeted a few times that uh rachel was a liar and she was a pathological liar so while this was all happening the two girls were split up and they were one was trying to do the right thing too little too late but trying to do the right thing and the other was continuing to act like she has no idea what was going on so she tried to actually incriminate sheila by wearing a mic and getting her to admit what they did sheila was like not today and and it's kind of scary because why did sheila know all the moves to make obviously not all of them because she kind of incriminated herself but it's kind of creepy she was around 16 years old she knew they know it's I guess when you're a sociopath, you don't really, uh, it, you don't grow into it, just sort of how your brain works. Yep. Rachel then led police to Skylar's body in the woods where they had left her for about seven months at this point. <laughs> you imagine yeah. knowing your best friend or your friend is literally rotting in the woods for seven months she that's why she had that mental break you know i mean obviously other than the killing part just that that idea of knowing that oh god and the crazy thing about this which i will go into later is that sheila this entire time was acting like nothing ever happened she was tweeting about how sad she was that she got mascara on her eyeshadow and you know tweeting random things about buying victoria's secret underwear and how much of a hard decision it is she's acting like she did not just kill her best friend uh (laughs) and rachel is in a psych ward and leading police to her body completely losing it yeah which i mean at least one of them was okay enough to do that so rachel led uh police to skylar's body so with that evidence, they also were able to search Sheila's car where they found Skylar's blood. And that was enough evidence, obviously, with a body to arrest the two girls. So this is the real story of what happened on midnight of July 6th, 2012. Sheila Edie and Rachel Schoff convinced Skylar to come out with them. Even though the girls had been fighting, as I said earlier about the tweets, Skylar was really upset with the two girls. She felt like she was being left out of the friendship. And they were fighting because of it. So Rachel and Sheila decided they were going to convince Skylar to come out with them. They actually coaxed her out. Like she really wasn't interested in hanging out with them. And they literally called her, texted her. And finally she was like, okay. And they snuck her, they convinced her to sneak out of her house. So the fact that they worked for this is really scary because, you know, at that point, they could have changed their mind at any point when she was basically saying, I'm not coming. So eventually, Skylar agreed to this and she snuck out of the house with them around 1230 a.m. This was caught on camera and this is the last time that Skylar was seen alive by her family and friends. Horrible. She got into Sheila's car and they headed to a spot where they usually smoke together. It's sad because Skylar was probably like excited to hang out with them again, which is like horrible and of course thing. She probably felt, oh wow, they're finally including me. And unfortunately, this is what they're planning. You know, she's thinking this. And meanwhile, Sheila and Rachel had been plotting her murder for literally months. Oh God. They did this in science class at school. So (laughs) yeah. They were prepared as well. So in science class, they would plan all the things that they were going to do, where they were going to do it. Um, They actually had packed an entire murder kit, basically. They had paper towels, cleaning cloths, bleach, a shovel, 
clean clothes to change into after the murder and the murder weapons, which were knives. Oh my god. Um, I you're in science class doing this. I don't understand. Also, at one point there was the teacher walking around and hey, fancy list you got there. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> Seriously, how did they get away with doing this? It's just so terrifying. Oh god. They get to the spot where they usually smoked, and like I said, it was a place that they have been to semi-often to smoke weed. So Skylar probably wasn't thinking anything wrong and probably wasn't seeing any warning signs because because this is something that they had done before. And it was a familiar place. It was like a new weird place. Exactly. And she's with her two best friends. Sheila and Rachel had the plan to tell Skylar that they left their lighter in the car. And Skylar actually volunteered to grab hers from the car, which also is horrible if you think about it. It means that they knew her enough that she was nice enough to be like, oh, like I'll go get mine and I'll run to the car. Like, she was so excited to hang out with her friends and so sweet that she was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll go get it. And they knew her well enough to know that she would do it and offer. Isn't that horrible? It's manipulative, bitches. When Skylar turned her back to go get the lighter from the car, Rachel and Sheila counted to three and started to stab her. Oh, gosh. Skylar tried to run, but Rachel tackled her to the ground and continued to stab her. At one point, Skylar was able to grab the knife from Rachel and she was able to stab Rachel in the knee. But it was to no avail at that point because it was two against one. Sheila had continued to stab her until she killed her. <laughs> Sheila, yeah. <laughs> Sheila was quoted to say she continued to stab her until Skylar's neck stopped making a gurgling sound. Oh, God. Oh, my God. They had stabbed her over 50 times. Then They then attempted to bury her body near a creek, but it was too rocky. So they just covered her body. Instead of giving her a proper burial, which is disgusting, they just covered her body in rocks and sticks and changed out of their clothes that they just murdered their best friend in, threw away the bloody clothes and weapons, and went home. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Horrible. I just, like, yeah, at 16, dude, I was thinking about, like, losing my virginity and boys boys and girls and, and, <laughs> and you know stupid shit on tv the oc i wasn't thinking about how to murder someone well got- weird thing i was gonna read this anyway but that's another thing sheila was tweeting about shows and tv things that she was it's just crazy she's that, trying to seem normal well, or maybe she did feel normal it didn't seem like she had any remorse Oh, yeah, true. It's just crazy. And one of the most horrible things I found about this story was when investigators asked them why they killed Skylar, they just responded, we just didn't like her. Oh, okay. So this is not what I, the story that I'm thinking of, but I do know this one as well. How could you... We didn't <laughs> like her? How about just stop being friends? Like, literally, why did you have to kill her? Like, why couldn't you just... It's insane. insane. They just wanted to kill someone. From what it seems like, I mean, I'm not, this is not evidence or anything, but it seems like Sheila was the ringleader. She probably bullied her into it. Exactly. Just from what it seems like with, uh, you know, how Sheila had no reaction, how she was acting like everything was normal. She was with the family handing out flyers. She seemed to be the one that was planning everything, and Rachel seemed to just be kind of going along with it. I mean, Rachel is just as guilty. She also murdered her, but who knows how scary Sheila was at that point. Maybe she thought if she didn't help her, she would kill her too. I am not making excuses for Rachel, but 
I'm just trying to think if I was in that situation, what would, I don't know. I have no idea. You know, if you think about it, she probably preyed on her as the weaker one of the link that would be, I guess, brainwashed enough to do something like this with her, manipulated enough to be like, this is the only way. It's pretty much like abusing her into, you said not making excuses, but this is what I'm just thinking. She's a predator. So she found her weak sidekick to do something with her. Mm Mm-hmm. Which you have to be a certain kind of person to agree to kill someone. Absolutely. So we're definitely, I just want to, you know, make it clear that we're not being Rachel apologists. No, no, um, no, 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 no. Because there's but, a certain point that you could easily walk away and just say, I'm no, I'm done. I can't do this. And then that would be it. But she decided she to continue. She went yeah. through with it. Rachel pled guilty to secondary murder on May 1st, 2013. She was given 10 to 30 years in prison. I don't know about you, but I feel like that's not enough time. That's not enough time. That was a premeditated murder. I guess maybe she got some kind of deal because she like admitted it. And tried to set up her friend, I guess. I I don't know, but that does not seem like enough time. No. Considering she's a, because of their age as well. Maybe. I was going to say, yeah, but she's a teenager and then she's going to get out when she's 30 something. Well, she was 16, so she would have gotten out when she was 26. What the if, fuck? If they did the 10 years. Yeah, that's too young. Well, anyway, um, she's still in prison now, so spoiler alert. That Good. Happen, but, yeah. And Sheila was indicted by a grand jury on September 6th, 2013, with one count of kidnapping, I guess because she was the driver. She, yeah. She was a kidnapper. One count of first-degree murder, which she deserves. Mm-hmm. I guess she was the one who ultimately stabbed her to death. Um, and Rachel just stabbed her to death as well. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe delivered the final blow, I guess. Yes. She pled not guilty. Oh, sorry. I forgot one count. One count of conspiracy to ki- commit murder because it was all planned. Right. He pled not guilty initially, but later pled guilty to first degree murder and received life in prison with possibility of parole in 15 years. No. Which, why should she have possibility of parole? She, I get that they are minors, but uh, that all was very. What is the advanced. point of, what is the point of giving someone life in prison if they can get paroled in 15 years. I don't what is the point our our system. <laughs> I really don't. But I just think that it's really horrible. Like I understand that people can get rejected parole pretty easily, but well, because of the publicity of this case, I'm sure, you know, she's not going to have an easy time trying to get parole. No way. So, just to go over some of Sheila's tweets because I think that that is something that really freaked me out throughout the entire researching of this case she kept up with her twitter account like i said throughout all of this so you know she was making random tweets like the one about mascara getting on her eyeshadow <laughs> you know the one about finding uh underwear at victoria's secret the fuck? She also tweeted a few other things that were really concerning so on march 13th 2013 she tweeted worst day of my whole life this is after she killed her friend <laughs> she wow did they say you remember your past better than it really was i mean just cryptic but also what are you talking about what she also tweeted this one is kind of creepy so i'm not gonna do that one yet i kind of wanted to save ooh, that one ooh, ooh. 
She tweeted, staying home on a Tuesday is the best because of Law & Order SVU. It's on all day. (laughs) Are you absolutely kidding me? But are you out of your mind? Like, you know how bad that looks? Like, so stupid. Law & Order SVU is on all day. Do you not learn that every person on that show gets caught? (laughs) What made you think that you can get away with this? Everyone gets justice served by Dick Wolf. By Elliot Stabler. Well, yeah. Daddy Dick, Stabe. Daddy Stabe, of course, of course. <laughs> and Mama Benson. Oh, God. Anything for her. <laughs> Seriously. Anything for you, Shalinas. You remember that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> so another one of her concerning tweets was when Skylar passed away, she actually tweeted photos of them together and wrote, rest easy, Skylar. You'll always be my best friend. I miss you more than you could ever know. <laughs> <laughs> and three photos of them together. And Skylar was so beautiful. Of course. She had a beautiful muffin little face. She was so cute. And I just, it, she looks so sweet. <sighs> I don't know. That's creepy. I just, but that just shows, that just shows how little there was behind those eyes. Like when it came to emotion and empathy, like, there was nothing. Yeah, it was just, it was just for truly, show. Truly not mentally well no another concerning tweet was on november 5th 2012 which is a couple of months after they murdered their best friend no one on this earth can handle me and rachel if you think you can you're wrong (laughs) yep girl and the last one which is the worst one obviously i believe this was deleted after like she posted it and deleted it but she tweeted on april 1st 2013 a couple of months or i think maybe a week i believe it was a couple of months before she got arrested okay she tweeted, we really did go on three. Oh no isn't that horrible oh no why what is wrong with you it's like secret bragging you know because at the time people didn't understand but now people do it's like being able to say i did this without actually saying i did this and no one understanding oh you know what the scariest thing about all not that all of it's scary but it's just so creepy because you have to picture this in your brain so you have to put yourself into when you're hearing a story because you're not having it visually spelled out for you like in a movie you have to create the vision in your brain so in my brain i'm picturing a woods that i would go in when i was a teenager because that's what i think of when i think of a woods and i just picture her them doing this to her and like i don't know why but i just picture sheila like smiling throughout it oh yeah sounds so unhinged her are her smiling so maybe that's why but it's just very scary (laughs) well if she if she's planning it i mean what was the did they ever give a reason what was the reason yeah the reason was we just didn't like her oh i thought that was like a more hopefully in-depth reason no that was the reason that they gave (sighs) And also just imagine all the times that you got into disagreements with friends and you stopped becoming that person's friend. The idea of being killed by them would never cross your mind. I mean, hopefully not, but generally not. So that that poor girl. It's so horrible. I feel for her family in some of the interviews that I watched of her dad, like she was so loved. 
she was an only child so they lost their only child to this nonsense Ugh. it was just no reason for her to be killed there you know anyone who's murdered there's no reason for it but it just is senseless it is and they they ruined three young lives that day yeah they ruined their own lives and they ruined her life and her family's life so it's just horrible that's awful to honor their daughter uh skylar's parents made the site of her murder into a memorial for her and a place for people to go and think happy thoughts and you know not think about the horrible thing that happened to her there but think about how beautiful she was and what kind of person she was Mm. i don't Um, think i would ever visit that spot honestly i i agree but her dad goes there and he makes like i think it's like a 20 mile drive or something like that and he goes and pays his respects really frequently so i guess it's just however you feel like after something traumatic like that you have to just do what feels right to you no true yeah if that was her final place then to him it's comforting for sure. So one thing that happened from Skylar's death, obviously nothing good happened from it, but this is um, something that may help another child in the future. So um, that's a positive is Skylar's law was put in place in West Virginia, which when she had her Amber Alert put out on her because she her case did not meet certain criteria that came with Amber Alerts, it wasn't actually sent out to people for her to start looking for her right away. Oh. So you know, even though unfortunately she had been dead, they may have found her sooner and, you know, the family could have not been put through all of those months of searching for her. So um, Skylar's law is actually put in place to make sure there's an immediate public announcement when any child is reporting, reported missing, regardless of if the child is thought to be kidnapped. As long as, you know, the parents think that it may be a violent situation, a... Amber Alert is planned to go out and it's going to be like a public announcement. So that's something positive that may, you know, help another child in the future. And her parents worked really hard to get that law put into place. I mean, at least there's that. I I mean, it's not saying I enjoy hearing things like that, but I do find it satisfying knowing that, you know, when a case, if something bad happens, that at the end of it, something beneficial comes out of it, I think exactly. would be the word. That's a yeah. Good word, yeah. Yeah. So as for the two girls, they are still in prison. I actually looked up a lot about them. It's so disgusting. So there's a few. There's another theory about Rachel and Sheila, but I'll say that in a minute. But just looking at some of the things that people write about these girls, like, obviously, they're always going to be crazy people. Ted Bundy had followers. Um you know there are people who are obsessed with serial killers right but for some reason these girls have groups of people who are apologists for them so they are oh they should be free people make mistakes blah blah some girl actually spoke to sheila on the phone and said like she really has changed people are crazy when somebody commits a crime i understand that people can change and you can grow but when you have all of that evidence against you that you pretty much are a sociopath why are you going around and trying to save this girl's life when she murdered another girl senselessly heard about it online and you like it touched the story touched you so you decided to reach out like that's feel connected to it somehow people are just it's just there's just a certain type of people it's just a certain type of breed of people that somehow find connections to cases like this and or people like that and for some reason take it upon themselves to make it their entire lives i don't understand it 
Neither do I. We do have a podcast talking about things like this, but when I'm done with the story, I will obviously, you know, keep Skylar's family in my prayers. Not my prayers, but like I'll keep them in in your thoughts. In my thoughts. Yeah. But I'm not gonna obsess over the story when I'm done. Especially because it's not good for your mental health to do so. I don't understand people who become obsessed with specific stories and latch on to the people who actually did the crime. Yeah, that's just, that's like above and beyond. I understand finding a story interesting and wanting to know more about it. And if there's like a show that comes out about it, be like, oh, like I'll watch that. Let's see if there's anything new. I'm very interested in the Golden Coat, the, yeah, the the golden coast killer that was that was that was anybody's golden Golden gates killer yeah exactly yes i like have a stroke for a second but i've always find it interesting but it's not like i'm going and writing about how i think that he's innocent and that he should let him go or something you know what i mean it doesn't yeah just that that connection never is there same thing how these women were like i want to marry ted bundy he could bite me he literally got a woman pregnant while he was in jail for murdering all those women always going to be people who take something to the extreme i don't know but anyway (laughs) that was just something i saw online which i was not happy about But I know earlier you were saying, why did they do it? You wanted more of an explanation. One of the theories that I saw about this case is that Sheila and Rachel were more than just friends, more than just close friends. I had a feeling you were going to say that. Yes. So allegedly, Skylar witnessed the two girls having sex at a sleepover. And people think that maybe the two girls killed her so they wouldn't tell anyone. They live in West Virginia. It's 2012. I'm sure if if this is a real theory, maybe they didn't want that information being spread to everyone because I guess people weren't as accepting back then. So. I mean, they, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like people still aren't accepting even now. But I could, I could, not saying that I can see why, but that's a good theory. It's yeah. I mean, at least it would make more sense as like then we just didn't like her exactly like it, it it doesn't you know it doesn't excuse what happened obviously but it's something that it just it makes it gives a little bit more closure on the reasoning behind it, and it would make in their sense. mind exactly it would make more sense to the senselessness of it yes um, and why maybe they were so secretive about why they did it they just didn't want to tell people that they were together i mean people want answers it's so sad because i feel like this happens a lot that was like a big part of um what is that girl with the eyebrows who just had a show the, oh the one who killed uh her boyfriend by convincing him to uh, commit suicide exactly that was a big thing with her too that she was gay for her friend that was like a theory yep and you know because she couldn't be with her she started to basically emotionally abuse her boyfriend lash out and, and, and control whatever situation she could yeah i remember yeah. reading it i remember that part of the show being like that's fucking wild it is really sad but it is also sad how you know people treat the queer community as well so i don't know i don't know what what their reasoning was i do know that they're evil little rude mean <laughs> rude and mean and dark <laughs> And jerks, top of the list of, of them. No, I, I, yeah, they're 
I mean, murderers are murderers. They're not good people at the end of the day. I mean, there are times that a murder is understandable or excusable very rarely, but at the end of the day, 90% of the time, it is not excusable. Well, that is the unfortunate, um, really sad story of the murder of Skylar Niece. You did a good job. I just got nervous because I was like, I don't want to disrespect any of her living family members by messing something up. So I did a lot of research. No, you um, did. A, you did a good job. You did a very good job. Thanks. I really that was tried. one of the reasons. What the one that I chose um, took place very, not very long ago, but a decent amount of time ago, because mm-hmm. I was I was nervous about insulting family members. Exactly. So, I mean, I enjoyed being able to tell you guys that story because. It has been bugging me for like a week and now I got to kind of let it out. Can I tell you what I thought it was? Yeah, tell me. I thought it was the Slenderman killings. Oh, no. The ki- oh, my oh, God. killing. Remember we saw that movie together? Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> that was a bad movie. It was so <laughs> bad. <laughs> but it's it's what I thought of when you said like the two girls and, and they killed their friend. I was like, oh, is it the Slenderman? That's a good one. And then when you told me this, one, I was like, oh, it's this one. Holy shit. Isn't it sad that this has happened multiple times? It's just. Oh, there's another teenager story I was thinking of, too. Oh, God. We have so many different true crime stories to go over for you guys so as you can tell we're not short of any because apparently <laughs> look into this a lot. people die every day so here we go oh god well thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen anya did you enjoy my story i did i love listening to true crime i think that it's and it was really fun hearing it from you weird right <laughs> yeah no it was weird but i enjoyed it i really did Oh, great. I'm happy that you're doing it. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Thank you. All right, guys. So we really appreciate you guys listening. We really hope you enjoyed our last episode, which was a movie episode. We did the Black Foam. Obviously, if you haven't listened to that, uh, go on over. That was our last episode we put out. Our next episode is going to be a scary story. Mm-hmm. And that is going to be done by Anya. Yes. And then after that, we will be doing another movie. So uh, keep in contact with keep in contact. In ton- contact. <laughs> keep in contact with us on our social media platforms. We have a Facebook, which is oh, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, the Last Girls Danning Podcast. We have Instagram and TikTok, which are the same handle, and they are both at Last Girls Pod. We have been posting. We posted one TikTok. I am old. <laughs> Anya is older. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but we are trying to figure out TikTok. So it's it's hard work, and we're so you know. If anyone can give us some tips, like I'm, I'm I swear I'm this close to reaching out to some horror TikToks and be like, listen, how did you do this video? Because I cannot figure it out. The fuck to do it. Like I'm just understanding how to do green screen, and I am. I still can't figure out how to add audio to video without getting it flagged. How do I do it? I don't understand. I don't know either, clearly, because I've been working for like two weeks trying to make a TikTok that, <laughs> as you guys can tell, is not up yet. So <laughs> we're trying. Um, Instagram, we definitely are more active there, as well as Facebook. Anya is always posting on there. 
we are going to be making our di- our not our Discord, our Patreon. Anya and I will gonna make that next time we see each other. We're actually doing this uh, virtually, so yes. Next time we're together, we will be putting that out. And I was thinking maybe we could also make a Discord because that's a lot of fun. My friend Ooh. who does TikTok has a Discord, and it would be a fun way to communicate with you guys and kind of more on like a day-to-day basis so when we create our patreon maybe we will link a discord and we can create a little community there as well i have no idea what discord is i just learned how to use it so i think i'm cool I literally have no idea what that is i'll show you <laughs> okay thanks you'll Mom. probably love it okay <laughs> all right guys thank you so much for watching stay tuned for our next episodes and goodbye that's it that's it